Welcome to the Total Recaps Podcast, where I cover everything Miami Heat and the rest of our Miami sports we love to hate. I'm your host, Steven Melendez, and thank you for joining me. Uh, we are finally here, the start of my journey here with Total Recaps Podcast, and I'm excited. I mean, finally doing my own thing, uh, getting this going, talking about what I love to do, uh, covering Miami sports and everything about them, whether it's the Miami Heat, which obviously first and foremost is going to be the team that we cover here the most because it's the team that I've been around my entire life from pretty much birth. I mean, my uncle works for the Heat, so I've always had access to the Heat, and it's just always been in my blood. Uh, but we'll always be talking about Miami Dolphins as well, the Florida Panthers, who obviously had a disappointing run here in the playoffs. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in another podcast. Uh, the Miami Marlins as well. Uh, so we'll talk about all those Miami sports eventually. Uh, but for today, I wanted to focus on the Miami Heat and their playoff run. I will go a little bit into myself. Since this is my first podcast, I want you guys to know who I am and who you're going to be listening to for the majority of this uh, adventure we're going to be going through here. I do hope to eventually uh, bring in some other voices like uh, Jason Jackson. That's one I, I'm really hoping to get on here so we can do an interview. Um, and, and a few other people. I, I want to get some fans in here, a couple of my friends who are also big-time sports heads. And, and we can go back and forth on some debates. You're going to be hearing all that here on Total Recaps. Um, and also, the name is a work in progress. I, I've had that for a while, and, and that's going to be my name right now. But um, you could see that change in the future. But for right now, we are Total Recaps, and I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, so getting into myself a little bit, um, like I said, my name is Steven Melendez, and I grew up here in Miami, Florida, all 28 years of my life. Yes, I am that old, 28 years old, and... Uh, man, it's it's kind of weird once you pass that age of 21. It's just every other age just kind of feels like another age. Like just you growing up is all that really matters at that point. And um, I, I feel good right now. I feel good in the space I'm in. And, and I feel good with what I've done in sports over the years. Definitely want to do a lot more, which is why I've created this. Um, so just so you guys can get an idea of, you know, what my accomplishments have been over the years. Um I was an FIU basketball beat writer uh, for about a year. Wish it would have been more, uh, but didn't really know much about it. Didn't really know the the route I wanted to take in college. Like for most kids, that's usually the case. But um, I ended up joining the newspaper for FIU. Eventually, you know, did my time there to become the official beat writer for the FIU men's basketball team. Um, interviewed their players, covered their games, went to every game, sat courtside, super fun, uh, did the interviews after the game. That was pretty much the start of my love for this field um, because I knew that I enjoyed it. I knew that that was something I wanted to do from that point forward. And so I started to venture off into writing and, and figuring out how I can, you know, perfect that craft of mine. And so that's when I got into sports bet writing um, with Cover the Spread 365. That was my first internship. And I kind of got into that, um, was there for them, with them for about three years, eventually became an editor for them. And um, not with them anymore, but th that was a big part of my life, a big area where I was able to work on my craft of writing, which, you know, if you guys have been following me here on Total Recaps, and if you've looked at the website, you can see I've been putting out a lot of articles on the Miami Heat this most recent playoff run. I also cover Inter-Miami for a while, 
And uh, I also am a statistician as well. While, you know, because I do have my other job, none of these have really paid. <laughs> you know, I haven't really gotten into anything, um, you know, quite substantial in terms of the media field, unfortunately. But, you know, that's why I'm doing this. Just continuously, continuously moving forward, trying to, con you know, perfect my craft, get better at, you know, just doing things consistently. And, you know, I hope this is a big step forward in that direction. So, um, for what you guys should expect going forward for Total Recaps, um, you know, you're going to be getting some free and easy access to articles, recaps, to all your Miami sports. I'm going to, you know, like I said, Miami Heat. We're going to be talking a lot during this offseason about what they should do, you know, or, you know, or maybe they should just stay pat. We're going to be getting into that in this podcast, uh, in this episode as well. Um, I'm going to be giving you guys, uh, like I said, interviews, debates, and more on this podcast. You, you know, so stay tuned, subscribe to the newsletter so you guys can get up to date, um, you know, notifications on when I publish these podcasts. Uh, and then there's also going to be some post-game fan interactions uh, that I'm planning in fall of 2022. So stay tuned for that. Very, very excited for that part of, um, you know, this. <laughs> you know, I'm not really sure what, what this is yet. You know, just, just kind of going with the flow here and, and, and hoping you guys enjoy. So uh, with that said, let's move on to what this podcast, uh, this episode is truly about. And that's our Miami Heat the, the playoffs, you know, they have unfortunately come to an end with that Game 7 loss to the Boston Celtics. But uh, overall, you know, we got to be impressed with what this team was able to do, considering the production they got from their players. You know, it was not a clean playoff run. You know, you got an unbelievable uh, historic performance night after night from Hemi Butler, Jimmy G. Buckets. I mean, uh, the man just proved that he can absolutely be the number one player on a championship team and I mean initially it, it when when the season ended and you know obviously he took that final shot it hurt you know because you knew you know down two they they get fouled with that much time left it's it's practically over especially with the team limping to the finish line the way that they were um, with the injuries just piling on um, time and time again, it, it, it was tough. It was tough. So, you know, I had to credit, um, you know, the coaching staff and, and, you know, all the players that did contribute throughout this playoff run to get us as far as we did, you know, first and foremost, got to say that got to respect the, the, the will and the, the fight that these guys showed night after night, even with the injuries that they had to deal with throughout the playoff run and throughout the whole season. You know, and, and like, I'm not saying that the Heat were the only ones, but but they certainly had to deal with a hefty amount of, you know, tribulations and obstacles. And, you know, they were able to, you know, go through all that and still end up in a game seven, one win away from the NBA finals and a chance to compete for a championship, um, you know, respect to that and, and everything that they did. But, uh, you know, getting into the one. Uh, Jimmy Butler absolutely is one of them ones, like I said, proved he can be the best player on a championship team after averaging 27.4 points, 7.4 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 2.1 steals on 50, 34, and 84% shooting splits over 17 games in this playoff run. Absolutely incredible. Um, just time and time again showing that he... You know, it, it was the best player on this team by a mile and one of the best players 
in the whole NBA in this playoff run. I mean, you know, you look at some of these notable games that he had. Uh, game three against Atlanta had 45 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals. In the closeout game five against Atlanta, he had 36 and 10 for a double-double to go with four steals and a block. You know, against Philly, had that game four of 40 points, three rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks. I mean, doing it on both ends of the field consistently. And then those two games against Boston, I mean, you can say three because game seven was also incredible. But game one, putting up 41 points, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, and three blocks. I mean, only him and uh, Michael Jordan had put those kind of numbers up in, in you know the playoff history. And when he did the same thing, he had another 40.4 steal performance in the same series. Only him and Michael Jordan have ever done that. I mean, it, you have to put into, you know, you just have to look from the outside, you know, and, and even in the moment, you feel the historic level of, of, at which this man was playing, which, you know, just makes me feel like there's that there was really nothing wrong that he could do. You know, even when he had that three-game stretch from games, I believe it was three to five, we just could not buy a bucket, did not look like he had his legs you know, it looked like his knees were starting to give out on him, you know, and obviously, you know, with those three straight terrible games from us, uh, you know, fr from him, a lot of people thought that the series was over, which, you know, you can't blame them, you know, that's their best, that's our best player, and he just didn't have it, we got lucky in game three, you know, with him out of the second half, it was tough, but, you know, we were still able to, to to fight back. He got a good game from Bam in Game Three. Unfortunately, he didn't. He wouldn't show up, which we're gonna get into later. But you know, for 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 Jimmy then to show up and have a LeBron-like performance in Game Six in TD Garden and put up 47 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, four steals, and a block in that elimination game. I mean, it's you know, it, it's hard to really put into context. You know what that truly means in the NBA landscape, but um, in terms of um, as a Miami Heat fan, I mean, it was inspiring to watch him go out there and put that kind of effort out, you know, with everyone doubting him, with, you know, even people in Miami not expecting, you know, the, the Heat to, to, to really pull this one out. You know, I work at a golf shop. You know, that, that's my everyday job. I work there, and I and I talk to a lot of Heat fans as they're coming in to play golf, and almost everybody had this look on their face of like, man, let's just get this over with. You know, game six is not going to be good after the way we looked, and I mean, I can't blame them. The media were saying the same thing. Everybody was pointing at Boston, killing them in game six, moving on to the finals, and that just did not happen. You know, Jimmy showed up. And was really the only one to show up and lead his team to a huge win, you know, and which which makes that final shot that a lot of people are arguing about and, you know, and make, you know, saying, oh, he should have driven in against Horford, drawn a foul, he could have probably even gotten an and one. Absolutely all these, you know, reasonings, you know, you could look at a play and pick at it a thousand different ways. You're not, you know, you might not be wrong. But at the same time, you cannot fault Jimmy Butler with going for that shot and trying to end the series right then and there. You really cannot. It was a good look. He was open, relatively open. I understand Al Horford was sort of there, but, you know, it, it was a good look, especially when you consider. I, I don't think Jimmy was considering all the injuries that the team had. You know, I, I hadn't even realized that P.J. Tucker didn't play the entire second half 
you know, and we still kept it close. We still had that 11-0 run at the end of the game, you know, because of the heart that this team has. But, you know, and, and of course, got to credit Bam for showing up there, you know. But um, where was that the rest of the playoffs, man? Uh, I love Bam Adebayo. You know, it's um, it, it hurts me to, to see him continuously struggle and not show, you know, that aggression on the offensive end that we all know he has he can show it and he you know he does at times but you know it, it's it's unfortunate that it only came a few times and of course you know the fact that it came in a game seven gives me a lot of encouragement that he's someone that we can rely on moving forward as a piece you know as as a main piece to a championship team but that needs to be there consistently and if it isn't then you know it, it's going to be really hard to make it work as 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 those two guys as your one and two, you know, because you cannot have Jimmy Butler as your one main offensive weapon and then Bam be your second star as just a primary defensive juggernaut. It it would not work that way. Um, and, and you know, looking at the others, you know, because there were certainly issues throughout this playoff run. You know, I got to give credit to guys like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, you know, playing on minimum contracts, but still, and being two-way guys undrafted and still coming in and, and, and performing at a level that we needed throughout this playoff run. They were consistently used. They were never benched. Maybe Gabe Vincent for a little bit in, in, the, in the second round, you know, but, but he was eventually used because Eric Spolstra knew this is the guy getting me what I need. You know, he was, it, 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 there got to a point in that Boston series where it felt like Gabe Vincent was the only one that was having any effect. You know, it, it, it was it was surreal, really. And um, even though Max Drew certainly had his struggles, he was the one primarily being focused on for the Heat's three-point shooting. So I can't fault him for that. You know, he, he showed up in a big way. And you're never going to see me complaining about P.J. Tucker on this podcast. There is no P.J. Tucker slander on this podcast whatsoever because that man is a warrior. And I wish he would have been in a Miami Heat uniform earlier. But, man, I hope he retires here, man. That, that guy is a champion through and through in so many different ways. Aside from just an NBA champion. I mean, the guy has lived life and conquered it. I mean, so I'm, I'm hoping P.J. Tucker stays. Um, but now talking about the others that did not show up, we're talking Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, and Tyler Hero. And even though I don't want to end the podcast with the negative, you know, we do have to get into these guys. And, you know, you look at the averages throughout this playoff run and it's, and it's, you don't want to just primarily look at numbers, but it tells a lot. It really does in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Bam Adebayo averaged just just under 15 points a game, eight rebounds, just under three assists, a steal, and a, under a block a game in 18 starts. Uh, shot well, but didn't shoot enough. Um, the defense was always there, but it's that 15 points a game. That is unacceptable at this point. You know, when you're putting up 19 a game in the regular season, we expect that to go up in the playoffs when you are the best player, one of the best players on the team. We look to you to... Take your game to another level when we need it most. And he didn't do that. Um, Kyle Lowry. I mean, for sure the hamstring was a huge issue throughout all of the playoffs. But when you put up eight points a game, just under five assists, three rebounds, 1.2 steals, 
on 29% shooting from the field, 24% shooting from three in 10 starts, that's just unacceptable. I mean, if you're going to be that bad, you might as well not be there. And there were certainly moments where I felt like Lowry's presence was a positive, specifically on the offensive end with, you know, the way that the offense flowed, the way things looked in terms of ball movement. But Overall, like the fact that he couldn't hit that shot on the move when it was coming off the ball screens and you saw the Boston defense, you know, um, dropping back, you know, Al Horford and Robert Williams or Joel Embiid or, or Clint Capella, whoever it was, no matter the round, he could not hit that shot. Or it was even it even came at times when he wouldn't even want to take that shot. So that certainly can't be the case moving forward. Um, I do enjoy, I, I mean, not enjoy, I do like the fact that Eric Spolster came out during the um, exit interviews saying that Kyle Lowry was going to be getting into the best shape of his life this offseason. Certainly something that's going to be needed if we need him for a you know big playoff run, you know, going into his late 30s. Um, he needs to get into that Miami Heat shape, and I'm, and I'm just really happy that that was said. Because if it wouldn't have, it, it would be something I'd be thinking about throughout the offseason and, and hoping he'd come in shape next season. Now I know he will, and and I'm looking forward to it. Um, and now lastly for Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year after averaging over 20 points a game in the regular season, dropped to 12.6 points per game in the playoffs to go with just under four rebounds, under three assists, on 41% shooting, 23% from three. I mean, just an abysmal playoff run for him I mean certainly the coverages that he was seeing were different that was consistently said from Spolstra and 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 various Heat players that you know they were you know it was fun Jimmy Butler was saying oh, I'm glad that they're doubling Tyler you know in that Sixer series you know they were he was consistently getting blitzed off the pick and rolls doubled he wasn't allowed to do anything with the ball and that certainly was going to take him out of his game but for the longest, we were just wondering, when is this breakout from Hero going to happen? After seeing the way he played throughout all the regular season, we were seeing none of that in the playoffs. Absolutely none. Maybe there was a quarter here, a couple minutes there, where he showed that flashiness, but it was never consistently there throughout this playoff run. And and that certainly hurt our chances at making it to a final and winning a championship. So um, that will probably be the biggest question that the front office will have to ask themselves moving forward in this offseason. Um, but, you know, I'm just ha- I'm just happy to see that we, you know, made that run despite these, you know, three to four best, pl- three of the four best players on our team not playing at the level that we were expecting and still being able to get just one win away from reaching the NBA Finals. It, it was incredible something that you know you don't see very often uh you know one guy literally carrying this team carrying a city on his back all the way to the 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 conference finals it does not happen very often but um now moving forward what are we going to do i mean for this podcast i didn't want to get into much detail on what the heat should do this offseason you know with with trade talk and and free agency talk we got a lot of time to get into that i still want to reminisce on this season you know and and you know kind of just talk on on what we saw in this playoff run and what i obviously what i saw in this playoff run um so i don't want to talk about you know 
all that just yet. We will, of course, you know, that that just that wouldn't be fun if we didn't talk about it. You guys know. But um, I do, however, believe that the more likely scenario for this team is that we're going to run it back. Um, I know a lot of people don't like hearing that, but it's just the reality of the situation because the only way we get all the any of these big name stars that people are talking about, the Bradley Beals, the Donovan Mitchells, is if they publicly say that they don't want to be there. All that I've heard from the Bradley Beal side is that he's actually interested in signing a max contract with them. Not that he wants to be out. Obviously, the Donovan Mitchell side is a little bit different. You know, there's a little bit of frustration there. Not a lot of great relationships. Obviously, it, it looks like the more likely scenario to fall apart. But it still hasn't. And for the Heat, that's a waiting game that they probably should not mess around with. They should focus on, you know, retaining the talent that they can develop. You know, lock onto this core that they have. And run it back. They were they were close, very very close, and they were not healthy. So see what happens next season. And you know, I, I have a good feeling for it because the team was good. The defense was consistently good. I barely talked about that, but but that needs to be said. I mean, the one thing that was consistently great, no matter who was out there, is the defense. You know, and, and that is something I feel that we can build upon. And if you can add a little bit more offense, maybe just tweak a few. That's why I only feel that well, there'll be a few tweaks here and there. But, you know, I honestly, overall, I think that this team should stay together, run it back, and, you know, and, and really give a run for their money. There is not a big team to be afraid of right now. You know, Golden State just lost game one to the Boston Celtics, who we took to seven games with a hobbled team you know like we're right there guys so don't lose faith you know let's let's keep it going and uh, i'll see you guys next time hope you enjoyed and have a great day